the Kansas City Royals finally win a series, taking down the Colorado Rockies in an epic rubber match on the road on Sunday. Will that springboard them into this weekday series against the White Sox at home? Is there a turn back from a road swing? Or is this just a blip on the radar? Find out on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on Lockdown Royals Podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com or LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to recap the Colorado Rockies series uh, that took place over the weekend and discuss how it went and if it might be able to uh, springboard the Royals into something more um, competitive and something that we were hoping we'd see this year in Kansas City. Now, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all sports betting needs. As you cover this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online is where the game starts. And listen, if you've listened to Lockdown Royals before, you know my feelings on the Royals organization. They're terribly ran from a baseball standpoint, really well ran from a community, you know, community personal morale standpoint. So I don't want this episode to come off as a pass to Dayton Moore or to this organization I've been outspoken about how bad Dayton Moore is at his job for three years now before it was cool. Uh, I, I do not uh, and will not be a mouthpiece for the organization. Like, you know, you know where to get those people at. Um, but the bottom line is baseball season is a grind and the Royals have the worst record in baseball since the 2000s started. Uh, that includes two trips to the world series. And, you know, so, there's not very many weekends that you can celebrate in Royals history going back to the two thousands. And uh, so after a fun weekend in Colorado, where you have a comeback victory and have a 14 to 10 victory on Friday, but we're going to have some fun today. Uh, we can go back to doomsday and this organization sucks and they're never going to be any good um, tomorrow. But as for today, we're going to have some fun. And so I know that it's difficult because this team is in year five of their rebuild and they have made zero progress. In fact, they've gone backwards and they're 12 and 21 right now. So I know it's very difficult to have some fun, but I do want to say that's what this podcast is going to be. And you can check the reviews on iTunes. You can check uh, the comment sections, whatever. I'm not very positive about the Royals organization, never have been. Uh, so this is going to be an outlier episode, but I do want to be a fair warning to anybody who's new listening. We don't always give a pass to the Royals organization, but let's have some fun on a Monday, right? Let's have some fun. And then whenever they start losing again, we can go back to crushing them and, uh, not having a ton of fun. But again, these weekends where you can actually have fun watching the Royals and have fun uh, talking about the Royals, we're going to cherish because they are few and far between. So the Royals went out to Colorado this weekend. On Friday, they played an epic 14-10 to 10 game 
not so epic for the pitching staff, which has been the problem for the Royals. Oh, really, everything's been the problem for the Royals because they cannot hit, they cannot pitch. But uh, the pitching staff with Zach Greinke giving up seven runs, five of which were earned, and then you had Gabe Spire give up uh, three more runs. But other than that, Coleman pitched well, surprisingly. Uh, Stamont only gave up the one hit and no runs on one walk. And then Barlow came in, shut the door, and he got the uh, save as Coleman got the win. Uh, but all in all, to win a game, whenever Zach Greinke, your ace pitcher, gives up seven runs, five of which were earned, that is a significant game. That is the offense showing some form of life as they produce 18 hits and 14 runs. Colorado produces 13 hits on 10 runs. That's what you've been searching for. We've been talking for two years now about how the names in this lineup should be more productive. They should be names that you think, hey, that's a pretty nice lineup. That's a pretty uh, you know good lineup. But it hasn't been that way on paper. But on Friday, you got a double from Salvador Perez, a double from Hunter Dozier, a double from Michael A. Taylor. Bobby Witt Jr. hit a triple in this game. Ben Attendee homers in this game. O'Hearn homers in this game. You know, there was a lot of fun offense. Your multi-hit games. But Merrifield had two to start to have a good series. Still not hitting the ball particularly well, just kind of finding hits at this point, which is better than not finding hits. But again, it's not as though this weekend Colorado has saved his season by any means or has given us reason to believe he can kind of turn this around. But it is still fun to see him get hits. But attendee picks up three hits. Salvador Perez picks up two hits. You had a five-hit day from Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier is capable of doing that for you every once in a while where he just breaks out and plays well. It's usually at target field, but this time uh, it was at course field. They still call it that in Colorado. And then... Your star protege, Bobby Witt Jr., had a hit and two runs scored because he also uh, had two RBIs as well. And then you had uh, O'Hearn come off the bench for a pinch hit home run. That was fun. And then a three at day for Michael A. Taylor. And Nicky Lopez continues to struggle plate as he's done his whole career outside of um, And, you know, of all of our offseason question marks that we had, feels safe to say that the question about if Nicky Lopez's year last year was an outlier and was repeatable. Solid yes for an outlier, solid no for repeatable. Uh, he's a very good defensive player, but last year's hits were contact hits and luck hits. They were just kind of fine places, you know, fine spots in, in the uh, field of play. This year, he's not getting the luck. And so that's the problem whenever you're a basic contact hitter uh, that doesn't particularly hit the ball extremely hard or doesn't uh, hit home runs. I mean, they're easily, you know, they're easy to be taken away against good defenses. That's what's happened so far against Fernicky Lopez this season. Maybe he can turn it around, but again, uh, unlikely to say the and then Saturday comes and it's been the problem for the Royals all season they'll give you these games where they play extremely well they win eight to two against Texas and uh, have an opener that goes out there and deals right and then the next day against Texas they lose three to one and then they produce 14 offensive runs they're a new season total and runs scored after uh, getting that mark two nights ago against Texas and then the next day they score four runs in Colorado and give up 10 runs because Carlos Hernandez is bad and he's given up a 90 RA so far. Four uh, innings in this one, nine runs given up. That's that's awful. Now, shout out to um, Ronald Banos who came in there and finished the game and only up one extra run after that. Uh, but still, 
The offense cannot pick them up. They only get five hits after their 18 hit outburst and 14 run uh, game the day before. The offense follows that incredible effort up with, you know, bad stuff and five hits on four runs scored. Uh, no multi hit games on Saturday. That's to be expected whenever you have such little hit production. We'll talk more about game two. We'll talk about game three and what winning series mean for the Royals and if this can spark the Royals all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all sports betting needs and information. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all sports betting needs and info, latest odds. Uh, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. So that's a ton of fun to look forward to. Major League Sports, uh, Major League Baseball news and scores, fights, MMA, stuff like that, and even next year's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Go right now to their website today or even device and learn more about the this season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Folks, make sure you go over there right now. I'll show you how easy it is. So you go up to your I'm doing it right now in real time for you. You can type line.net. That will load up as it is right now. You click on Sportsbook. And then from the Sportsbook page here, we're going to let it load and go to baseball. And we've got the Royals line not out yet because there's not a pitcher decided yet for the next game. But we do see a line for Mariners Blue Jays. Mariners uh, one and a half run underdogs let's go mariners in that game uh, so it's that easy to place a bet we just did it right there let's see if we're right tomorrow on the lockdown royals podcast so make sure you go over there right now betonline.net we are back on the lockdown royals podcast on the lockdown podcast network your teams every day I want to tell you right now check out our good friends over at the lockdown now podcast make it your first listen after us on the lockdown royals podcast free and available wherever your podcasts from just like we are Check out Lockdown Now. What it does is it recaps every single game from the night before in the MLB, which we know is hard to do. You cannot watch every single MLB game yourself, so allow us to do it. The Lockdown experts covering these teams allow us to get you your information that you need and desire. On the Lockdown Now podcast, recapping every single game. Also, around baseball, check out the Lockdown Reds podcast because the Reds uh, somehow threw a no-hitter and lost the game in which they threw a no-hitter. So I'm sure that that's a very fun episode of Lockdown Reds today. And then also, check out the Lockdown Chiefs podcast. Because the Chiefs have now wrapped up the draft, and they've lost Melvin Ingram to Miami, as the Dolphins now uh, control Tyree Kill's career and Melvin Ingram's career, and see that fallout for Kansas City and what it means for the Chiefs through the eyes of Lockdown Chiefs, one of the top podcasts on our network in terms of uh, viewership, because we know Chiefs Kingdom always, I mean always, Shows out, so make sure you go over there, get set for the upcoming season. We're over here talking Royals every single day, so subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And, of course, National Lockdown MLB shows and our Lockdown White Sox show, which covers the next series opponent for the Kansas City Royals. But talking about Game 2. Look, Game 2, you just showed up and... Gave up three runs and then tied it in the third. And immediately in the bottom of the third, he kept four more runs. So it went from a 3-3 game to three plus four, which I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Three plus four. Three, four, five, six, seven. Seven to three. That's very deflating 
That is very deflating for a bad offense, right? This is an offense that has not proven they can score more than four runs a game. They, they muster up three in the third, tie it up, and then before they can blink, you've gotten them blown out again. They don't scratch across another run until the seventh, but that time the game is completely over as they tack on two more in the fifth, uh, the Rockies do, and then they get the one back from the bottom of the seventh uh, for the Rockies. So every time you scored, they scored as much or more, um, and they just blew you out. And, and that's just something that, that an offense like this cannot handle to this point. So the Saturday game was brutal. And you just have to continue to talk about the young pitching staff and the fact that the Royals have invested so much in young arms and have invested so much in uh, their pitching staff. And while Carlos Hernandez is not a great example of that, it's not like he's a guy that he's a first round pick on. Um, you know, he is taking a spot in the five man rotation that could be going to somewhere else. The thing is about the Royals is there's nothing that they can really hold their hat on. And that's the most frustrating part. We're five years into this rebuild and there's nothing that you can say the Royals do well besides have a good community presence and they're good people. The bottom line is Dayton Moore is not good at his job. No person in the Royals organization is good at their job. And there's nothing from a baseball standpoint that you can hold your, your hat on. And if baseball doesn't matter, that's fine. It comes down to, it comes down to what you want as a fan. Do you want an organization who does everything right off the field, but is dreadful and mismanaged and terrible on the field? Do you want a happy medium? Do you want one extreme or the other? I'll tell you this much. I do not think that the Chiefs could get away with this. I know the Chiefs have had tough times. I remember Brady Coyle. I remember Todd Haley. I remember uh, the Romeo Cornell era. But it always felt like the Chiefs were trying. It just it wasn't working. The Royals are apathetic. The Royals are complacent. The Royals are just selling you bills of good, and they've convinced the entire media to brainwash you. I've got to give credit. Um, I'm not sure the author, but I did see a piece. I believe it was Sam McDowell, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. I did see a piece in the Kansas City Star where uh, the Kansas City media is finally calling out the Royals front office. It only took since the 2000s. Uh, but finally calling out the Royals organization as one of the most mismanaged, in my opinion, the worst managed club. Uh, it's easy to point to right now, the uh, Reds or the Pirates. But the Reds and Pirates have a mission, Right. The Reds and Pirates are purposely trying to be bad to better the lottery odds and to get a top draft pick. The Royals have been telling you they're trying to be good for this year and next year, and they've won 14 games. They've won 12 games. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I gave them too much credit, I should say. That's the problem. The Royals do not have a direction. I would rather the Royals lose as many games as the Reds are losing right now, and at least have a direction. Because in baseball, it's unlike any other sport. In baseball, you just want to be in the middle. You just want to get into the dance. And if any organization should have seen that and should have understood that, it's the Royals. Because the Royals had two World Series runs that should not have happened. They should not have made it in 2014 because they should have lost the wild card game. 
They should not have made it in 2015 because they should have lost every single round that they played in. That that's just the bottom line. So if that, you know, if that season, 2014 and 2015, if those two seasons do not make it clear to the owners and to Dayton Moore that your goal should be to get to the middle. And it's the fact that you've had the best farm system in baseball before. And you've had guys that you thought were going to be studs before and none of them have panned out. It doesn't make you trade some of these pitchers before they blow out. I mean, you can't trade any of them now. I mean, Ace Lacey has not even made his debut and he sucks already in minor league baseball. He's kind of lost his luster. Singer, Bubich, all of them have lost their luster. Daniel Lynch is the closest guy to hold any sort of value at all. It's just tough to swallow that the Royals choose to be in no man's land. They're not good enough to be in the middle or to be a playoff team. They're not bad enough to get the top, top, top overall pick, except, of course, now there's a lottery system that could uh, bail them out. And all the while, they're telling you they're trying to win. They're not trying very hard. But Sunday did leave a high note for the Royals. So we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I'll tell you our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. I got my new shipment in of Built Bar. They have a brand new flavor, birthday cake puffs. They are fantastic. Only 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. They are what you need pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a new replacement or a snack. It truly tastes like dipping your hand in a plastic tub of birthday cake icing and taking it out and eating it, but only for 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. It is awesome. It's good for you. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. These new Built uh, built Bar birthday cake puff options. And of course, they also have all their other options. Like uh, my personal favorite is cookies and cream. Although this birthday cake puff is getting up their dethroned cookies and cream. Like chocolate cookies and cream as well. Double chocolate, salted caramel, cherry barcia, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie. They have so many flavors to choose from. Go check them out today. Built.com. Promo code LOCK15. 15% off your next order. We're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. And on today's show, we're going to discuss this Sunday game, but check out the national perspective on baseball from Lockdown MLB. Listen, Sunday's a high note. And Sunday can be whatever you want it to be. And now we're getting into the more optimistic part. I've been saying all season long, this team looks like they're disinterested. This team looks like they're complacent. This team looks like they do not care. This team looks like they, they they don't want to be in Kansas City. This team looks like they could care less what happens on the field. I've been saying that all year, and it's been true all year. And then yesterday, they have this epic come-from-behind win. They, they ride the seesaw. They get the lead, lose the lead, get the lead, lose the lead. And then in the top of the ninth, Salvador Perez comes through, regains the lead for the Royals. And then you go to your closer, Scott Barlow. He shuts it down, gets the save. Bada bing, bada boom. You have Stomach with the win. Barlow with the with the save. You have a home run from Bobby Witt Jr. You, you know, his second of the weekend. You have the Salvador Perez uh, go-ahead hit. You have everything in motion. You win 8-7. to seven. You each produce nine hits. You even have one defensive error, but still win 8-7. to seven. On a good start from Daniel Lynch, who only gives up three hits, no runs in five innings. Uh, but does have four walks, but still, it's just something you got to get over if you're a young pitcher. 
Uh, you'll take that 3.3 area for Daniel Lynch this, this point in his career as he continues to try to turn the corner on uh, MLB hitters. You have, you know, you have all those good things going in your favor. And after the game, now granted, it was a very fun game where you had two comebacks and your guy, you know, your face of your franchise puts you ahead in the ninth. So there's a lot of reasons for it. But after the game, this team was celebrating. You had Witt jumping into Salvador Perez's arms. You had Matheny just letting out this huge roar. You had everything, everything. They celebrated that game like they won the World Series, and it's May, whatever it is, 13th or 14th or whatever it is. May 17th, where's the time gone? No, they celebrated that game like they won the World Series. And that's the kind of win that can turn your season around. That's the kind of win that can help you regroup from this disastrous start. But you have to let it. You can't go lay an egg tomorrow against the White Sox. You finally won a series. You won it in dramatic fashion. Your team looks excited and jacked and pumped. Now go capitalize. Now go win another series and let and let this good thing turn into two good things. And here's the problem, folks. It's easy to let one bad series turn into two. It's incredibly hard to let one good series turn into two. Now's the hard part. Turn it into two. Go get another series win on a struggling White Sox team at home. Then go try to cool off the Minnesota Twins at home. And let's see where you land this time in a week from now, whenever that momentum's worn off. And then you go in to play the D-backs who've been surprisingly good. Let's see where you land after that. What do you think? Will this win turn the series and season around? Let me know down below. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.